0: The question I'm asking today is, is social media making us better or messing us up? It's about time because we're going there. Oh, hello. Come on in. Turn on your headphones and get cozy. You probably heard about this podcast on social media. And that's what's ironic because we're here today to pick social media apart. The question I'm asking today is, is social media making us better or messing us up? family we are going there today and please know that i don't have an agenda i'm not going to try to sway you to delete social media apps and i'm definitely not going to go dark online i love social media i love the power of people being so connected and i have seen social media rally people around a cause build waterfalls and even feed an entire village social media has been the great equalizer and leveled the playing field so that even the stay-at-home mom can go viral The unknown artists can create an EP in their garage and share their music with the world. And social injustice can be brought to the forefront by anyone with a smartphone. Please hear me. There is good coming out of social media. But instead of making this practical or theoretical, let's make this personal. Here's a couple questions I'm going to throw your way. Do you feel better or worse about your life after you scroll on social media? Do you feel better or worse about your body after you scroll on social media? do you feel emotionally full or spiritually empty? After taking to social media to take a poll about how people felt about social media, these were some words that resonated to the top. Not cool, overweight, uninvited, depressed, exhausted. Welcome to the internal monologue of the social media scroll. The monologue so many of us use on a daily basis, but we don't think about, we don't talk about it, and because we don't stop to recognize it, That is what I want to discuss today. Let's just pause and evaluate. Are we okay? No, really, are we okay? Bailey Parnell, researcher from Alberta, Canada, discusses the unintended consequences social media is having on our mental health. Her dissertation I researched included how social media is stressing us out, what it's doing to us psychologically, and how we can craft a better experience for ourselves online. But before we go into logistics, we have to self-assess how is social media impacting me? And when I say me, I'll go first. When Apple updated the phone to include telling numbers of how many hours we spend on each app, I thought it'd be interesting to check and then chart. So I began charting how many hours I was online. Friends, call me naive, but I literally would have prided myself on my perceived ability to draw healthy boundaries with digital platforms. I, a woman who maximizes her day and charts her entire life via calendar, Definitely didn't struggle with wasting time on social media, right? Wrong. Grossly wrong. Y'all, I was shocked to see how many hours a week I spend on social media apps. I mean, to me, it was second nature. It was a social pacifier. It's a low-grade drug we turn to for entertainment, escapism, and evaluation. Yes, all of those start with the letter E because I'm a preacher. Get over it, friends. So after my evaluation, I asked God to help me become more aware of my intentions and quite honestly addictions it was around the month of July and I knew I was getting away for six days by myself to lay out the year deal with some personal issues of burnout and recoup from just a very heavy season I felt like I also had to step away from my phone but not just my phone I'm talking everything digital email Basecamp, YouTube texting and all social media one week how hard could this be right oh so wrong Did you know that detoxing from your phone triggers the same withdrawals as someone winging off of prescription medication and alcohol addiction? Yeah, let me prove it. Phantom vibrations. Have you ever had your phone go off or vibrate in your purse or pocket only to check and realize it was all in your mind? Ever freak out and drive back home or back to your office because you left your phone? So many people won't return back for their wallet or driver's license and yet will go back to get their phone. Think about how many times you touch your phone daily. Take a guess. No, seriously, go ahead. 300, 850, a thousand, way off. The low number of phone touches per day by the average user is 2,617. And the active user, that number bumps up to over 5,000 touches and taps per day. Anything that requires that much attention from our life is worth evaluation. So let's do just that. I'm old enough to have grown up with social media but just old enough to be able to critically engage with it in a way that my 12-year-old self probably couldn't. And again, let me be the first to acknowledge that a lot of my life professionally, personally, relationally, and even spiritually is online. Social media has consumed hours of my life. And dare I say, there are also symptoms of addiction hidden there as well. If it was doing this to me, what was it doing to everyone else? So around the time of my self-evaluation in July, I listened to a Cary Newhoff podcast when he interviewed cultural analyst Ed Stetzer. The podcast wasn't about social media, but there was this one-minute clip of Ed talking about the toxicity of social media, and I had to include his insight into this conversation.
1: Let me, let me say two, one more thing. Um, you know, city of Rome, Rome, Italy, was 2,000 years ago had hot and cold running water. And people maybe are unaware. It was the biggest city in the world. So a million people. And there wasn't another city a million people in the West until London. I mean, so it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, 79. I've seen so the there. Roman baths, the ruins. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Like, yeah. You have to be there. And it's like, oh, my gosh, this was like yeah. 2, years 2,000 years ago. How could they do that 2,000 years ago? And the reason is is they had these pipes made of a kind of metal that was malleable in a way that other pipes aren't. It was called lead. And so they ran lead pipes to all of their waters, to their drinking and everything else. And people have, you know, I don't think it led to the fall of the Roman civilization, but it led to serious health impacts. And I'm I'm telling you that 50 years from now, maybe two years from now, people are going to look back at the social media age as the lead pipes of the Romans, that it was simultaneously feeding and killing us at the same time. It was quenching a thirst and poisoning us at the same time. And I think social media, when the era, this era is, is you know, his, made into history, I think social media will be seen as a huge downfall.
0: This is more than just observation or insight from analysts or insiders. The Center for Collegiate Mental Health found that the top three diagnoses on university campuses are anxiety, depression, and stress. And numerous studies in the United States, Canada, and the UK have linked this high social media use with high levels of anxiety and depression. But the scary thing is, is that high social media use is almost with everyone I know. I mean, let's pause and think about it. Your friends, your family, your colleagues. In fact, 90% of 18 to 29 year olds are on social media. In fact, we spend an average of two hours a day there. We don't even eat for two hours a day. 70% of the U.S. population is on social media. Our voter turnout isn't even 70%. Anything we do this often is worthy of critical observation. Anything we spend this much time doing has a lasting effect on us. So let me introduce to you the most common stressors on social media that if they go unchecked have potential to become full-blown mental health issues. And this is by no means an exhaustive list. For the note takers, I want you to jot down one, the highlight reel. Just like in sports, the highlight reel is a collection of the best and brightest moments. Social media is our personal highlight reel. We put up our wins and we put up moments when we're at our best, when we're with our friends or our family or our outfit is cute. <laughs> Pastor Steven Furtick says, we struggle with our insecurities because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. We are constantly comparing ourselves to others. And yes, this was happening before social media and TV celebrity came out, but Now it's happening all the time and it's directly linked to you. Here's a perfect example. Think about that one friend that just went on a dream vacation. Oh, you know them. They're the ones that curated their photos perfectly and made you wonder, why aren't I on vacation? Why can't I afford a vacation? Why am I here watching Netflix instead of being on some awesome vacation? What we don't acknowledge is that that is one small aspect of their life. They are curating this moment and displaying it for the world to see and say, wow, that's so cool. What we aren't seeing is the cost of said vacation. Now, I'm not talking about the financial, though there's that. I'm talking about the toll of hard work, building, saving, and dreaming that went into that vacation. Nope. All we see is the white sandy beaches with frothy beverages and tiny umbrellas. We see delicious meals and curated clothing, but we don't see the cost. Because who wants to see that? Who wants to see the sleepless nights and the long hours and the pennies saved? No one. The highlights are what people wanna see. In fact, when your highlights do well, you encounter the second stressor on social media, social currency. Just like the dollar, a currency is literally something we use to attribute value to a good or a service. In social media, these likes, comments, and shares, they become this form of social currency by which we attribute value to something. In marketing, this is called the economy of attention. Everything is competing for your attention. And when you give something a like or a piece of that finite attention, it becomes a recorded transaction attributing value. Which is great if you're selling an album or clothing, but the problem is that in social media, we are the product. We are letting others attribute value to us. You know someone or are someone who's taken down a photo because it didn't get as many likes as you thought it would. We took our products off the shelf because it wasn't selling fast enough. And this is changing our sense of identity. We are tying up our self-worth with what others think about us and then quantifying it for everyone to see. And we are obsessed. We have to get that selfie just right. And we will take 297 photos just to make sure it's perfect. And then we wait for the perfect time to post. Oh, friends, we are obsessed. We have biological responses when we can't participate in social media, which leads me to the third stressor on social media. FOMO, yes, friends, fear of missing out. It's a light phrase that we throw around, but FOMO is an actual social anxiety from the fear that you are missing a potential connection, event, or opportunity. A collection of universities found that seven out of 10 students said that they would actually get rid of their social media accounts if it weren't for fear of being, quote, left out of the loop. Out of curiosity, I wondered how many people had considered deactivating their social media accounts. So I went to social media and I put on a poll on Instagram. Guess what? 89% of people said that they have considered or would want to deactivate their social media accounts. That's almost everyone. That FOMO that you feel, the highlight reel, the social currency... Those are all results of relatively normal social media experience. But what if going on social media every day was actually a terrifying experience where you not just question your self-worth, but you question your safety? Perhaps the worst stressor on social media is number four, online harassment. 40% of online adults have experienced online harassment. 73% have witnessed it, but very few people actually address it. I loved what Jackie Hill Perry said on the subject on Instagram, and I'm including it here, not only because it's funny, but because it's true.
2: Hey, saints and my beloved aunts, I hope you're well since you're not in hell. Hello, somebody. I'm starting to think that the reason y'all are so sensitive in these social media streets is because y'all didn't get enough whoopers in life. I could say the grass is green. Grass isn't green everywhere. There's brown grass. There's even dying grass in, in other places in this country. And I'm, I'm triggered. I am disappointed in you. I think you should be canceled for your green grass privilege. Who raised y'all? Y'all the type that got y'all peanut butter and jelly sandwiches cut in fours. Y'all the type when your mama called your name, you said what? And she ain't hit you in the mouth. Y'all the type that if you ain't like what you got at dinner, you got other options. The way my childhood was set up, I didn't have all these rights. My opinion only mattered when I was asked about it. And even when I was asked about it, it didn't matter. So I blame your parents. It's your
0: parents' fault. Though this is meant to be humorous, the truth of the matter is that online harassment is an actual thing. Sadly, we only hear about it when it's too late. You know, on the social media headlines or the news headlines, another teen took their life because of online bullying. An influencer or a person of prominence had a fall from grace and everyone comes by to kick them while they're down. A rumor that became a whole situation that later was discovered to be untrue, but the damage is already done. We see these stories once it's too late. What about everyday online harassment? What about the ugly Snapchat you sent your friend with the intention it was private and now is publicly posted? And so what? It's just one funny photo, right? It's just one mean comment. No big deal. But when these micro moments happen over and over and over again, over time, that's when we have a macro problem. We have to recognize these everyday instances well, because if they go unchecked, and the effects go unnoticed, we are going to have many more people take their life, be publicly shamed, and cause irreconcilable damage. Regarding social media, we are already experiencing impairments similar to substance dependencies. With every like, you get a shot of that feel-good chemical, dopamine. You gain more social currency. So what do we do to feel good? We check our likes just one more time. We post just one more image. We are anxious if we don't have access to social media. Doesn't that sound like every drug you've ever heard of? Yeah. So when that grows, when your social media use goes unconfronted over time, that's when we see rising levels of anxiety and depression. The FOMO, the distractions, the highlight reel, the comparison, it's a lot and it's all the time. The Association of Mental Health felt that 7th through 12th graders who spent two hours a day on social media reported higher levels of anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts. For those outside of the U.S. educational system, 7th grade begins at age 12. And here's the thing. I like social media. I do. In fact, I love it. And hearing what I said today might make you think that I want to get off of it, but I don't. You see, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon, so I'm not going to waste my time to tell you to spend less time or no time on social media. Frankly, I don't think abstinence is an option anymore for most people, but that doesn't mean you can't develop ways to engage that are healthy and productive and even find ways to take healthy breaks. Everything we've talked about today has nothing to and everything to do with social media. I mean, social media is neither bad nor good. It's just the most recent tool to do what we've always done since the beginning of humanity. Tell stories and communicate with each other. Think about this. You won't blame Apple TV for a bad TV show. Facebook doesn't make people write hateful things or post. When we talk about the dark side of social media, what we're really talking about is the dark side of people. That dark side that makes harassers harass. That insecurity that makes you take down that photo you were once excited to share. The dark side that looks at a picture of a happy family and wonders why yours doesn't look that way. So as parents, as educators, as friends, as bosses, this is the dark side of what we need to focus on. We need preventative strategies and coping strategies so that when you have a low day, because you will, when you're questioning your self-worth, you never get as low as to question why you are living or if you matter. So how do we find social media wellness? Here's the good news. The good news is that recognizing the problem is the first step to fixing it. So hearing this podcast is just that. Step one. For the note takers, write down, recognize the problem. Do you know the power of suggestion? When someone tells you about something and then you start seeing it everywhere. That is why awareness is critical. Because now you will at least be better to recognize these effects if and when they happen to you. Number two. The second thing you are going to do is do an audit of your social media diet. The same way we monitor what goes into our mouth, monitor what goes into your head and heart. Ask yourself these three questions. Did that Instagram scroll make me feel better or worse off? How many times do I actually check likes? Why am I responding this way to that photo? Then after you asked yourself those questions and answered them, ask yourself this. Am I happy with the results to those questions? You might be, and that's great. But if you're not, Move on to step three. Create a better online experience. Maybe after you audit, you realize that you are too tied up in social media because particular celebrities are reminding you of all the things that you don't have. This is what you do, friend. Unfollow all those brands and celebrities. I mean, here's the thing. It might not be celebrities for you. For me, I had to do a critical look and purge other people off of my timeline. Let me tell you a little secret that most people aren't telling you you don't have to follow everyone. And dare I say, you don't have to follow your, quote, friends. The truth is that sometimes our friends or the people we have on Facebook as a courtesy, they're oftentimes not our real friends and sometimes they suck online. You find yourself in a passive aggressive status war you didn't even know was happening. Or you're looking at images that you don't even really care about or listening to things or people you actually disagree with. If you want to follow artists and comedians or TikTokers that have cute dogs, you could do that, but you have the power to create a better online experience. The fourth thing that I want us to do is, if you're taking note, write down model good behavior. In real life, we are taught not to bully other kids at school. We are taught to respect others and treat others how they deserve to be treated or taught not to kick others when they're down or take pleasure in other people's downfall. See, social media is a tool, and it's a tool that can be used for good, more positive groups, for revolutions, for putting hilarious voiceovers over the most interesting videos like this, which is my most favorite clip at the moment. Hold on. Okay. Holy Spirit, activate. Oh, no. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. 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 All right, let's go. And lastly, I would encourage all of us in our assessment of social media to take a pause, Every so often, will you not check social media for a full day? Dare I say a full week? Or if you're crazy, you could take an entire month off like my brother Mike Todd does. And he's better because of it. Turn off social media. We don't need it. What it does is that it humbly allows us to see why are we turning to these things as coping mechanisms and pacifiers. Our greatest needs can be satiated by a good God. So is social media hurting us or helping us? The answer is determined by you. Social media could tear down, yes, but it could also lift you up where you leave feeling better off or actually have a laugh out loud moment watching a groom pass out on his wedding day or a cute dog dance a merengue in a skirt. If you are spending two hours on social media every day, let's make sure we leave making the apps better than we found them. But it's going to begin when you evaluate how you interact, how you feel afterwards when you're on the apps, how much time you want to spend on them, and what you are doing to create an experience that we want to see online. Friends, this podcast was a labor of love and a passion project. I love being able to have real and relevant conversations with those who are part of this community. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe to the show and shared this episode with your friends. If we all did an evaluation of our motivation for using social media, I think online would be a better and more safer place. Until then, I'll see you online. Love you, friends.